everyone, I'm Funke and welcome to season one of People with Penny. So on People with Penny, we talk about small business owners, entrepreneurs, and people yet to start their businesses in Nigeria. For today's episode, we have the amazing Rotimi Alabi here with us. Rotimi, please say hi and introduce yourself to our audience. Hi guys, uh, my name is Rotimi Alabi and I cook for a living. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I cook for a living. So, to me, yeah. when did you start cooking? But when did you start cooking in general? And when did you start cooking for a living? Mm. Um, so I've been cooking for like forever. But I'd say that I started cooking maybe when I was like 10, 11. The first time I cooked alone ever was like when I was seven or eight. I was a disaster. <laughs> um. But then I never stopped and I kept at it because it was a passion for me and we're here today. And when I started cooking for a living was uh, December 2018. Uh, December 2018. Okay, great. So has it been from December 2018 and which, um, which platform did you start from, from on social media? Was it Twitter? Was it Instagram? So um, I started on Twitter in January 2019. I say I, I say I, I tell people that I started cooking full time December 2018 because um, I've been cooking for a while, right? But it's been only for myself or my friends. It was never to um, make income. However, I had a friend who didn't give two hoots whether I was cooking for income or not she she tasted my food one time in 2016 and then she you know she was like this is fantastic so anytime she had something at work you know she just come and say oh here is me what's up we're doing something 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 at work with what can you make for 20 people and I just um, you know do the numbers I never added any profit I just do like the numbers the cost of production and everything I send that to her and then she'd pay for it and then fast forward a couple of years, kept on doing that until December 2018. I think she called me in November or so. No, she called me in December. She just called me. She was like, oh, hey, Rosemi, what's up? Um, so someone in my office wants to do something for their grandfather. It's their birthday. And they want to do something. It's just a small family get together. And I gave them your number. She wasn't calling me to ask if I could do it. She just told me that I gave them your number. And... I did a couple of research. Um, I called a couple of people. I ran through a couple of things. I just tried to do as much research as I possibly could. Um, so I didn't undercharge myself at that point. And um, it's fair to say that I didn't because it was my first time ever. And it went really well. And that was actually really the first time I got paid to cook. So after that time, it took me like a couple of weeks, maybe like two, three weeks to um, go to the drawing board and try to strategize something. And then January 2019, I started cooking full time. Oh, interesting. Uh, I love yeah. how your friend just has so much faith in you and just, <laughs> you know, sort of pushed you into that great friends like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, How's the growth been since you started and now? It's like, would you say when you started, you expected yourself to be where you are right now? 
or mm-hmm. you're still you're still like I mean I know at the end of the day running a business is a journey but would you say from when you started and now you're very very satisfied with where you are or is still like a work in progress for you so the thing for me um I think I'd always be a work in progress mm. something that would forever stay with me was growing up when um, I spent a lot of time with my mother, I'm like super close to my mom. So growing up, some of the things she told me when I was younger is we learn till our dying day. And mm. it just means that um, life is a war, it's, it's going to be um, a work in progress throughout. You know, I mean, it doesn't mean that you are not going to set goals and achieve them and smash them and go beyond, but it just means that, honestly, no matter how much you achieve, there's always room for a little more. So I feel like I'm always going to be a work in progress. And then to answer your question, the graph has been, I'd say it started out um, pretty average, I guess. I don't think I had the right um, parameters to measure this by because I'm really just judging from my experience and I'm not comparing it to like anyone else's. But to me, I think the growth was average, but it peaked in 2020. Mm. It peaked in 2020 and and this wasn't even because of the pandemic. Um, it peaked in 2020, and it, I honestly have not slowed down since then. Yeah, that's great. Um, I, I think I, I also agree with you with the work in progress because you know, growth is always a continuous, is a, a continuous journey, and you have to always do more to mm-hmm. get to certain levels, to get to a different level than you were yesterday. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. So when you started cooking as a business, what challenges did you not see yourself facing that you're currently facing? Hmm. Currently facing? Okay. I think I wouldn't say that I didn't really see myself facing them, but um, I feel like it's maybe the standard that I set for myself. But I honestly didn't think I'd have to create um, that much that often. So when I started, I came up with the menu. The menu had things that I knew that I could make easily, you know, in the blink of an eye or with my eyes closed. And that was going great for a while mm-hmm. until I realized that um, I plateaued at a certain stage. So um, there was one time where I think it was 2019, it was on time in 2019 for um, like two weeks. I didn't get a single order. And I was panicking, like two or three weeks. I was panicking because I'm like, okay, will this be the rise and fall of what's me And that forced me to go back to the drawing board. So when I started, I didn't really think that I was going to have to innovate that much. But then I figured out that you know, it makes sense for people to get tired of something and then want something else or want something more. So after that period, um, what I did was 
every other week or so, um, it made me test out recipes more often than I, I thought I would. When I wasn't cooking for a living, I was testing out recipes like it was no man's business because at that point it was purely a hobby. I was purely doing it for personal gratification. But then after a while, I started doing it because I figured that you do have to you have to stay relevant. You have to um, be in people's minds. You have to always have their attention. And yeah, I think honestly, that's the most important challenge that I'm facing now that I didn't think I was going to be facing from the beginning. And frankly, as is, it's not really that much of a challenge anymore. Uh -huh. Okay. That's great, that's interesting. They need to always, her, to create. Hmm. Yeah, so um, currently, let's uh, say currently, for a while now, people have been complaining about like the price of food and now everything has gone up. So how's that, how's that for you and how is it affecting your business? It's fantastic that you've asked me that question today. It's fantastic that our meeting is today because Quite literally, yesterday, I went to do my quarterly stock up. And you can't see me, but I have tears in my eyes. <laughs> um, Sorry. So um, I'll just run through a couple of numbers. Uh, my quarterly stock up cost me anywhere between half a million and 700,000 naira. And this time, I spent the same amount of money, but I came home with a lot less than I usually would. No. Um, a carton of pasta as of March cost 4,600. Yesterday, I paid 5,500. And that is just no. one example. That's just one item. So imagine doing a list and doing a side-by-side -side comparison with every single, like everything has increased. Some of them as little as 10, 15%. Some of them as much as 100% in oh. the space of three months. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it hasn't been easy. I... So something that I feel like I wanted to do at the jump was to make unique food accessible, right? Not everybody can afford to go to a restaurant and spend 7K or 8K on one plate of food to have um, a great culinary experience. And when I started out, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted people to get restaurant quality food for a reasonable price, 2,000, 2,500 and eat it in the comfort of your home, you know? I mean, yeah. people are going to like to say, oh, I'm not going to crack a chicken bone in, you know, public, whatever, but if you're in your house, you can crack a chicken bone because it's that good, you know? So <laughs> that's what I really wanted to do, right? And it's been really difficult because I try to keep the prices of my individual lunch meals at the same point. They've been at the same point since last year. So I've tried to keep that because people are losing purchasing power without earning more money. Mm -hmm. And it's so difficult. I mean, I've, 
I've increased prices in other places to compensate for, but it's not sustainable anymore. So now the price increase is going to affect that. And at the moment, my biggest fear is that despite the fact that people know that things are becoming more expensive and things are harder to purchase, they will not buy because whether they know or not that things are more expensive, they can only buy what they can afford. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's that's such a hard position to be in. Yep. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. So talking about the economy, do you think it would be different if you it would be different if you were running your business in another country? And how different do you think that would be for you? Um, by the grace of insert whomever you believe here, yes, it will be different because I feel like the biggest problem we have is not just, you know, corruption and antiquated leadership. It's the knee-jerk responses that we have to things. And even though I'm saying we as the government, it trickles down to we as people as well. But principally, the knee-jerk responses the government have to things is why we are here. Because how will you wake up one morning and say, close the border because X, Y, Z. Now you have a reason to close the border, whatever reason it is, no matter how legit or flimsy it is, you have a reason. Okay, no problem. But then if you have a reason, you need to have statistics to back that reason up. So if you're closing the border because of, um, let me say loose, importation laws, that's the reason. You are closing it, number one, without any actual result in your picture. Are you closing it because, oh, we want to stop the importation of certain items? Are you closing it because we want to boost local production? Are you closing it because, you know, there's literally no reason. You just wake up in the morning and say, let's close the border. And then one year after, you come back and say, oh, they must have learned their lesson. Let's open What lesson? Who are you teaching a lesson? The people that you're meant to rule, that you are making suffer? Because ultimately, the people who are suffering is the common man, is the everyday person. Yep. You know, how do you explain to the everyday person that, oh, because your government woke up morning and closed the border, a 25 liter keg of granite oil that you used to buy for 9,000 naira is now 22,000 naira. No mm. statistics no reward, no results. If you closed it to boost local production, what did you do to boost local production? Did you give grants to farmers? Did you establish production plants? Did you partner with multinationals for development? No, you didn't do any of that. So I feel like if I were in a different country where things followed due process, thought process, there were projections and targets that were to be met, even if certain things are going to happen, number one is you'd have heard of it because you'd hear when it's going through um, one um, Senate reading or the other, you'd hear when they'd issue out warnings. And then when you close a door, you'd open a window because if you shut one, if you, if you, if you close something off, you have to create an alternative. Nigerian yes. government does not do that. You never do that. 
Never mm. do that. It's just wake up, ban, close, stop, destroy, arrest, and then they go back to their mansions yeah. made with taxpayers' money, doing absolutely nothing and completely immune to the effects of the stupid laws that they make. So yeah, I do feel like in a sane country, it would be easier to run a business because you'd know um, how to plan around a lot of things. Unlike here, where you are just taking each day with vibes and inshallah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> really vibes and inshallah in Nigeria. It's like, <laughs> when people say Nigeria is not a country, I'm like, yes, because we're just on our own and trying to survive. Um, we're just eking out a living and whatever little progress we make is eroded by one egotistical person's stupid brass decision in one morning. That's it. Example, we voted a certain person in. I mean, I didn't vote him in, but let's say that some people voted him in, right? Mm. We've conveniently eroded a decade of our progress. There are things we've achieved that now it just feels like we're back to 2006. Yep. Completely agree, agree with uh, you. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> uh, yeah, so with business, running a business, I know there are certain bad days. You know, maybe food is not coming out great or logistics, because I hear like logistics is crazy in Lagos. But like, how yep. do you deal with those bad days as a, as a business owner? Um, I'm not going to lie just to me. I'd like to say that it doesn't, but it does. Because I don't think there's anybody who would want things going a certain way and they're not going anyway, and they'd be happy about it. So yeah, it does get to me. However, um, a couple of ways that I've learned to deal with this is this. Logistics, right? Um, I'd say that I'm actually lucky to have um, understanding clients and customers because whenever... Um, so let me paint you a picture. Whenever someone asks, what time would I get it? I tell you, I'm sorry, I can't give a concise time. I give you a time frame, but I can't give you a concise time. Now, once the food leaves my kitchen, I have no power over it anymore. You know, so the guy going on the road, anything could happen. He could get hit by something. There could be traffic. You know, the tax force people could stop him for no reason, even if he has complete documentation. You know, there could be a flood. So there's a lot of things, you know. I usually try to explain to people there's nothing I can do about it. I can only call him to direct him or urge him to be faster or something, but there's really nothing that I can do about it. But for the most part, I actually have understanding people, even though they're hungry and they really want their food, they're like, mm, it's Lagos, anything can happen. That's that with logistics. Mm. However, I didn't get here overnight. I... I, I suffered. Oh my God. I suffered for 19 years. It's time for me to check my ass on a yacht <laughs> in Dubai in a thong. <laughs> but really, yeah, at the beginning, at the beginning, I really, really suffered. It doesn't help that I'm actually hypertensive. And uh, I literally almost died because my baby was through the roof. I saw shaking in the hands of dispatch riders. Shaking. Like when they tell you the worst that could possibly happen, some things happen. I contacted someone to come pick food up by nine. They didn't get to me until three o'clock. What? The person didn't, I swear to God. And because I was new, I didn't know anybody to call. I didn't have any alternatives. Like right now, 
if one rider is messing up, I have like a litany of riders that I'll call and say, oh, yo, how far? Please come, 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 come quickly. You know, I'll pay you extra, right? But then it was like my first week ever, you know, it was mm. a disaster. Um, thankfully, um, my personality allows me to handle these things really well. Um, I take full responsibility, plead with them, offer to send them a free replacement meal um, or issue a full refund. It wasn't easy. It was rocky at the beginning, um, mm. but... Eventually, I found a way around it and then, you know, settled into a reasonable pace. That's for um, dispatch. Um, we've talked about inflation. That's another thing that is quite difficult. Then another thing is also, that's also difficult is, <clears throat> excuse me, help. Um, inconsistency of staff, you know. I have, I have one full staff that works with me every day and I have like three contractual people. And the reason those people are on a contractual basis because they're not really consistent. Some can come now and say, oh, uh, something happened to my grandma. I have to travel to the village. And like, you know what, just, it's fine, goodbye. You know, just go, just go. And I'll look for somebody else. So yeah, uh, finding good quality help is really difficult, especially when um, I'm still in the stage of setting up a, the particular type of structure that I want. Um, mm. By the time, and done setting up that type of structure. Um, hopefully, I think it will be easier to easier to find consistent, reliable help. So yeah, those are the couple of things. But one thing I do not have, one problem I do not have is that food doesn't bad. We don't do that here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, love. I feel like when I eventually come to Lagos, finally, because I've never been to Lagos, which is wild. I'm definitely going to try your food. Because I remember arguing oh, for a friend, and she loved it. Like yes, I'm trying. Yeah, I, everybody, everybody, you just have to. I mean, this is not. It's not even one of those things where, um, you know, you're hyping your business or your thing because it's your thing and you're gonna hype it. I mean, it's logical, but it's really not that. It's just because it's just honestly that good, really. Mm. Yeah, I love the confidence, and I actually love to see. Um, so we're concluding soon. <laughs> But before I let you go, I'd like you to tell us an interesting fact about yourself. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Interesting fact. Interesting fact. Um, I, I, I don't think I'm that interesting. A younger me would have thought I was interesting <laughs> or that interesting. Um, but at the moment, I really don't think I'm that interesting. But um, I'm going to say a couple of random things. Um, so um, the first random thing is about like my cuisine. I am heavily influenced and inspired by Southeast Asian cuisine. Um, so Thai food, you know, Vietnamese food, Indonesian food, um, because it's usually just an intense burst of flavors. They use a lot of spices and each of them just takes you on a journey. But I think the principal reason is because their culture generally, so um, the tongue is capable of tasting five different taste profiles. The sweet, the salty, the sour, there's bitter and there's umami or savory. So um, their culture usually, their cuisine usually tends to include all of these things or three to four of these things. So you taste something and then you can taste the sweets and salty and sour and umami. So it's usually a journey um, on your palate. So mm. I feel like that's one of the most important reasons that I'm heavily influenced by their food. Uh, so yeah, that's that. Uh, another random thing is I'm obsessed with perfumes. Um, I like to consider myself a baby collector. 
Um, uh -huh. And that's to anybody who's listening. If you want to get me something, that's a blind gift to buy from you. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, mm -hmm. I'm really obsessed with perfumes. Um, what else? What else? What else? Oh, random fact. I used to work in fashion, actually. I used to work in fashion. I used to be a stylist. I was a stylist for about four years. Really? Uh, before I... Yeah. Yeah. What's the transition? Uh, I, the transition was a little jarring, actually. So in 2018, yeah. uh, my dad was pretty ill. Mm. And I had to take a break from work to take care of him. So he was... Um, in and out of the hospital, went through about three surgeries um, with not much break in between, just like uh, maybe like a month to heal and then going for the next one. So I honestly really couldn't afford to work because I was the only one who was available to take care of my father. So, and uh, fashion is a very fast-paced industry. You have to constantly be in people's spaces. You have to constantly remind them that you are there and you're relevant or else you'll be forgotten. And... Mm -hmm. It was like I took a break here in 2018. And because of that, you know, I mean, by the time the first person called me and I said, oh, I'm sorry, I can't, my father's ill, so I can't really work right now. But I refer you to my friend who's a great stylist who can do the job for you. You know, by the time somebody calls you once, twice, twice, and you're doing that, it was just tend to, you know, shift to someone else. Or, you know, even if it's the person that you keep referring them to. Because I have a friend who was a stylist and I kept referring them to her. So it just got to the stage where some of them just called her directly. And I didn't have a problem with it because bread comes to me, bread goes to my friend, as long as we're all eating, that's fine, you know. But it was harder, it became harder and harder to get jobs because people stopped calling you and all of that. So the transition was a little gradual because of the time that it took was almost the entire year. Um, but at the same time, it was a little jarring because after my dad's health started stabilizing closer to the end of the year, I tried to, you know, make a couple of relevant moves. It was harder than it was a year ago. So I just went back to drama and I'm like, man, it's time to rethink this. You can't wait for this forever. So, yeah. Mm. I will eventually go back to fashion, but at my own, at my own pace. Mm. And to create what I want to create and not to be dictated by anything or anyone else yeah it's amazing when you're creating from a place of um will i say more self-awareness and um, for yourself yep i wanted to ask like did you struggle with like the financial aspect of your business with finding the balance because uh, a lot of um business owners in the beginning say oh sometimes i was spending my money and that they got to a point I didn't know when money was going but with time so did you struggle with that and like ease into knowing what's for the company and what's personal or was that just hmm. so um I, I'd honestly say that I didn't really struggle um so initially when I started I didn't start with separating my finances um I started really little. I started with what I, what I could do, which was very small. And um, when I hit a certain point, I feel like I, I did, I fully separated my finances in 2020. Um, like the beginning of 2020, I fully separated my finances from um, the business. And I've not really had problems with doing that. Sometimes I might dip into business finances, do a couple of things, 
But like, um, let me say 95% of the time I end up returning it. The remaining 5%. <laughs> but yeah, so honestly, um, I haven't really struggled with uh, finances and separating it and all of that. It's, it pretty much means that it's been, a, it's been a good run thus far. Yeah. Hopefully, let's hope Boo Boo the Harry doesn't ruin us further. Uh, <laughs> let's hope so. Let's just, because fingers crossed, we can only hope right now. Um, so what would you give? What are your top three tips? Top three tips you give someone that wants to start a food business in Nigeria? Oh, um, top three tips. Uh, this is tricky, but I feel like one of the most important things would be to find your niche. Mm. There's a niche for everybody. I'd explain a little bit. When I was trying to do my first ever menu, my biggest dilemma was what to put on it. And when, so my best friend who has eaten my food probably more than anyone else, besides my family members, she was like, oh, rice meat, I'll just fry rice meat one time. I'll just rice meat this time. And I'm like, see, yeah, I mean, those are great, right? But then if I just smack a regular fried rice and put it there, there are, I don't know, 100 other food vendors that make fried rice. Really good fried mm-hmm. rice too, probably. What's going to make someone who's never had your food say I'm going to go for his fried rice over their fried rice. And that's mm-hmm. why I made all of the things on my menu, um, things that I knew would be alluring to an adventurous food person, you know? So my current menu has curry goat with rice and peas. I have pasta, I, I do a lot of pasta. I have Thai pineapple fried rice. I have Italian food, I have Singapore noodles with the sour chicken. Um, well, some of these things are available. Some of these things were not available anywhere at all in Nigeria, you know, at some point, you know, maybe outside a restaurant or two. So um, the most important thing, find your niche. I might mm. not be the person that somebody would think of to get to get um, <clears throat> ever going or like rice and beans with a pepper sauce. But mm. if you want to have like Asian food or Asian fusion food, for a lot of people, I'm the first person you're going to come to to order from. So I've created a niche for myself in that category. So find a niche for yourself. Find something that you think would be your unique selling point. Focus on that, hone that. And then when, when you, once you feel that it's good enough to present, present it. Number two is the best advice I can give with logistics is just try as much as possible not to keep your eggs in one basket because... Mm. There is nobody that has um, logistics hacks in Nigeria, like seamlessly perfect logistics. Nigeria would happen to you, Lagos will happen to you, the, the personnel will happen to you. I've heard and read absolutely horrendous stories on the TL, on Twitter, you know, about things that people did that I find absolutely ridiculous. Never happened to me, thankfully. You know, someone was delivering a slice of cake to her friend and the rider licked off the cake. There was Why? another one where the rider was supposed to lick, lick off of the frosting of the cake. There was another one where the rider was delivering small chops and opened each pack and ate the gizzard and packed it back. Jesus. Seen, <laughs> yes, do you understand? I've seen terrible stories. Never happened to me again. I reiterate that it's never happened to me or something like that has never happened to me. Other than the average, oh, there was a little spill or it was late and the right and food started going off. Those are really occasional. So 
try to um, pack logistics. Don't keep your eggs in one basket. Don't depend on absolutely one person. You know, try to get a network of riders that you know that if one person fails you, you can always have a plan B or C or D. And mm-hmm. that's number two. And number three tip is um, work on your customer service. The customer isn't always right. I don't buy into that. People have responsibility to be decent, but doesn't mean that your customer service should be shitty. You know, treat people with respect, um, put your best foot forward. I've, I've ordered from, um, and I'm not even just talking food. I'm, I'm, I'm ordered from like a couple of, uh, you know, people, brands, businesses where I'm just like, oh, okay rude but all right i'm the one who's looking for something so okay you know but yeah uh so just three things basically work on your craft make sure it's good do your best for delivery and hope for the best and leave the rest to god vibes and inshallah mm-hmm. and work on your customer service so yeah mm-hmm. that's great very important but most importantly make sure the product is great make sure your food is great mm-hmm. make sure your food is really good yeah because if you because do when, when when the food is really good times where other things happen to make the general experience bad and you handle it well people will still remember that the food is good and they will still come back so even if i wanted my food and you told me to get you told me i get my food by 12 and i didn't get my food until three the food is really good i mean and you handled the situation well mm-hmm. whenever i think about that i'm like mm, i got the food late but it was worth it It was really good and then they were nice they handled it really well so yeah make sure the food is good make sure the products are good mm-hmm. I agree with you because you can do everything right with your business, but if the product is not good, you're not going to retain customers. Exactly. Mm. Simple. <laughs> yes. Okay. So please share your social media handle with us, your personal and your business for people that like to follow or place an order. Establishment. Super. So um, it's a little tricky <laughs> because my Twitter personal handle is pretty much my business handle I, mm-hmm. I mean I ultimately open separate handles for the business but then mm-hmm. I have better engagements with people oh, yeah, on personal. my yeah. mail account so I just do all of my business and then when I'm free I tweet my random stuff so uh, but my handles are Rutsumi Alabi underscore on Twitter and mm-hmm. Shay Ro underscore on Twitter while on Instagram it's just Rutsumi Alabi and Shay Ro. Shero spelled C H E Z R O. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Not bad. It's amazing. I mean, it's been amazing speaking with you. Breath of fresh air. Thank you very much for having me. It was a spell time. Thank you very much. Yes. Hopefully, I come to Lagos and have some food. And hopefully, we have you in another season of People with Penny as well. Super. no problem you know what uh whenever you come to lagos let me know yeah. send me something on the house ah, oh my god yeah <laughs> i'm dancing <laughs> thank you i love food so much you have no idea <laughs> food makes everybody happy it makes everybody happy yes all right me thank you for um, sharing your time with me i hope you enjoy the rest of your day Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you learned something from their story. And if you're a small business owner, entrepreneur, or or you plan on starting a brand in Nigeria, we are the best team to be by your side on your journey. Check out penny.co to find out how to get started with us. So see you next week Thursday for another amazing episode.